Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Uh, it comes a time and point when uh, I decided that Four Too Many Podcasts was going to be the podcast that, I, that I'm going to endorse. I didn't say sponsor, I just said endorse. Sponsoring is a, is a whole other issue. They have to come talk to me in the legal group about that one day. But I have with me today Dez. Dez is the, the Bonnie Python member of his crew. You don't hear much from Dez. You, you know Dez exists because you see him on the, the advertisements, but you don't hear much from Dez unless you listen to the episodes that he starts out. Very intelligent guy. Um, he is a part of the milder comic relief inside his show because the true comic relief we all know is doo wop. Uh, yeah, and uh, you you have a lot about you. And then the, the one thing that is charming that the world does not know is that you are the official technical guy for your group. If something has to be done, it comes through you. Jay Remy does a little bit with some designs. He's a good good graphic design guy when mm-hmm. it comes to the nuts and bolts and the microphones and how everything's set up and how the sound works how the memory is supposed to go for these episodes it all falls back on you Des. so Des, real quick Des, for the audience real quick give them a little bit of background on you and tell us uh your favorite moment inside of uh being a part of for too many podcasts so i wanted to get into consecration for a long time um kind of one-off projects here and there when I was younger because I didn't really have uh, the equipment, didn't really have all the ideas together. And then, uh, so when me and the guys were together and we had the initial talk about just running a podcast, um, I'm like, you know what? I got I got the tools for it. I got a computer. I got Audacity. I got a mic. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So go ahead. Um, we finally we got everything put together. We go and set up in the, the original studio. We hit the garage, and uh, I got my little. I'm trying to think of which computer it was, but it was a weaker computer. Um, I had. I think I was using the Yeti Snowball at the time. I, yeah, I think the OG <laughs> was the the Yeti Snowball. Um, and we go out there we go to record nervous can't even get an episode out um and it seemed like every time something would go right something else would go wrong um but my my number one like um the best thing that happened came uh came from like the beginning and i'm just talking about the beginning so far um when we got when we finally got through that first episode and i go through and edit back then i felt like editing was editing was like a nightmare um it's gotten so much easier over time now that we've kind of melted together but uh initially that for getting through that first edit and getting the episode up after it was finally up and people start watching it and people were like, oh, this is good. And I'm like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Getting that first episode done and actually being able to sit back and like, we did this, we made this. That was mm, top tier. Okay. Now y'all do video and audio. So that is a hard scenario. Y'all run it on, at one point you had it on Patreon. You run it on YouTube every Friday. And um, you guys have the greatest setup ever because 
people give me a certain respect in podcasting because they consider me some kind of OG or something. I don't worry about all that stuff, but I'll say <laughs> this. You guys have the greatest structure. And when I do do my courses, I have talked about you guys uh, in this last course because you guys set a, a certain narrative. We can go back, and I'll give you an example. On January 31st, there was an episode, Serve, Protect, and Donate. That episode was started. It's your episode. You gauge the episode, and each episode that y'all had, um, I want to say going back pretty deep, I, I got heavy into the style right around Thanksgiving. I think you did the Thanksgiving episode too then. Yeah. I noticed that narrative that one would carry it, and then the rest would follow. And it almost seemed like you guys were writing this out and structuring it. And then, I, you know, me being to, to a point, I know that y'all structured something somewhere. Somebody wrote it down on a piece of paper or something. But the camaraderie between you guys, after you listen from the days, like you said, when you first started to where you are now, it is amazing that you can set the theme for a show and y'all can continue the show. Um, the one that me and I or Steve were listening to, we were in Mentor, Ohio. It was the one that had, uh, y'all guys were talking about Travis Scott. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that episode right there got us because we were somewhere through Akron. And uh, y'all shows have a little bit of link to them. So, you know, we got from Akron to, we were, I always say New Philadelphia, even though it ain't, wasn't New Philadelphia. We got somewhere near a shopping center. It was about yeah. there, near some spot. And we sat and we talked about the episode after we listened to it. We were at Sheets or something. And we were basically like, you know, y'all made valid points about Travis Scott, but everybody put a dig in. It wasn't like just one person blabbed on too much, blah, blah, blah. And in other episodes that you listen to, you can hear certain narratives. Now, like when you listen to a sock or doo-wop episode, it starts out fairly hard. And then it gets comical. Then it gets even more comical. But you and Jay Remy have a comic. Like, y'all guys are like the variety show. And right. no, disres- no disrespect to any other member, but it's when you hear it from someone else, it starts clicking in your head. So you hear this amazing variety show with you guys on there. And it makes me think back to, like, uh, the early 70s Saturday night. I mean, the mid-70s Saturday night live. Not in a racial way okay. or anything, but if you, if you can go back and you know, some, that. some of that stuff, you can see the flow that I'm talking about. Yeah. So that's the type of comedy that you don't get now. Uh, and some like and like I was saying uh, to do up when we were talking. Sometimes you and Jay Remy almost go to the line of Dane Cook type funny. Which that, <laughs> what which that type of funny is if you know that funny, then it's fine. So how do you keep with being the Monty Python, like the mild comedy, and the serious? I mean, you're not always serious, but you're kind of right. serious to to a degree. How do you keep that good flow going amongst all these jokesters? So <laughs> it's funny because my humor, my entire life, has been that kind of um, Seinfeld. Yeah, it's a little more like it's that dry, kind of dark. Is very subtle it's a very subtle humor and that's been my humor forever like i'm a big like i was a seinfeld fan even like and i was little at the time um <laughs> my favorite show of all time is king of the hill yeah literally i have friends um i have family in texas but i've been once <laughs> so a lot of the references went over my head the first time I saw this show and I watched it again and I watched it again and I looked up some references and I've had conversations with some of my family and I'm like now I understand and it just it meld with me that kind of humor is my thing so when I got when you, you put me in a room with 
doo-wop who is that's the bombastic comedy like Chris in your Farley. face yes. Chris Farley. yes and then you got socks who has one-liners for days <laughs> and then you got jay remy who is like the best hype man you could ever have like that's yes. if having jay remy in the podcast is like having Lil john in every song that is yeah yeah and um so i'm like okay we all kind of got roles here i get it and i could put mine like my shtick fits in with everybody else because it's just another shade everybody else has a different type of comedy okay i can let my personality come out kind of naturally here i'm good with that and that's kind of as we transition from kind of putting the shows together and doing it as a group to in, in the individual episodes kind of switching off um it it did end up giving the different episodes a personality and that's what i liked most about that transition um you can tell the difference between my episode and Duop's episode and we all try to include, but it's the same show and you can still hear that it's the same show. Yes. And that's the genius I'm talking about there. And um, going with that, like, it's crazy because you'll, you haven't heard the interview yet. I nailed it to a T when I told Duop, I said, you're like Seinfeld. Um, I was sitting back and done, like I explained to you, you know, it's like eight of us in our team, but there's two of us that you hear. So when we discuss the different episodes and different things that we listen to um, inside the podcast, I don't get to listen to everybody's episode all the time, but right. someone in our collective listens every week. So they bring back the discussion because that's the greatest thing about a podcast. And that's what I like about y'all's podcast. And I want to get commend you on that. You guys put a good structure in there. So you give somebody something to talk about for at least four days or five days. It might be seven, but four days is the maximum I'm going to give you. And I'm like, wow, that, that holds tight there. But yeah, when I was talking to do up, I was like, yes. Seinfeld all day long. Monty Python. I said it's a it's a British type humor. I said it's a mixture of these guys. It's Frasier to a degree, and Seinfeld. If they had a love child, because Frasier Kelsey Grammer is a great comedian, but you got to follow the humor. Mm-hmm. And if you don't follow the humor, then you'll feel uneducated because you're getting educated with the, the joke. Yeah. And and that that's the greatest thing I want to give you there, and I want you to keep that. So going into other details, you are a streamer. You are a gamer. This is one thing that in some of you, in, in everything I've listened to, I really haven't seen you pull this out that much. And you, some of y'all list in different things you do. But you are a Twitch gamer. Um, what was the first game that got you started on video gaming? Uh, let me give you a little bit of time here. This magical thing I do called filler. So you can think about everything, get your story nice and lined up and shiny. I'll tell you this. What got me started was, was I was born in 1985. So I was born with a Nintendo entertainment system. At the age of two, I was playing Super Mario. At the age of three, I had a Commodore 64, so I had to learn how to run and do the command to get Oregon Trail to work. Yeah. Uh, by 1990, I had a Six sixteen, so I was playing um, maybe the first Street Fighter or something like that. By 1992, I was facing off against people in Street Fighter 2 tournaments. Street Fighter is the strongest game in my catalog. I w- will not play with anybody that does not know how to play because that's an asshole thing you don't want because I got I, I can give you 10 seconds to move around the screen and you're out of the game. It doesn't matter which one, Ultra, Street Fighter, whatever. And the, the, the upcoming Street Fighter 6, I don't know yet because, <laughs> you know, you never know with them. But mainly it was that Super Mario and then the idea, we didn't know what speed running was back then. 
But speed running through something like that in the RPGs, that's a whole nother story. We might have to just do a whole nother part podcast on that. Because Final Fantasy VII, to me, was the most pivotal game. Final Fantasy VII and that Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation defined how I play games now. Okay. Okay. So, so let me let, let me know what, what got you started and what's it defining how you play games now. So it's funny that you say that. So I'm pure 90s baby, 1991. Okay. Um, so I grew up with the Super Nintendo. Okay. Um, my very first game, Super Mario World. Um, and between Super Mario World, Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2, Mega Man X, and um, there was one more game before I got to... No, actually, um, two more games. It was Mickey Mouse. Oh, I know what <laughs> Was it the Mickey Mouse Castle of Illusions or the one with the beanstalk? Probably Castle of Illusions. Castle of Illusions. Yep. Um, that tough ass Aladdin game. And then make the Mickey Mouse game I beat first. That was uh, the first game I beat, and my mom would play with me at first, and then it got to a point where up oh, time to cook dinner. You keep playing, and she turned her back on me for about what. An hour, 45 minutes, uh, came back and I had to beat the game. <laughs> um, Mario was like that too. That was her favorite game to play with me because I would sit there and actually we would be getting through the whole thing um, like it was nothing. Um, and I think Donkey Kong Country was one where it was another me and her would go through the whole game together. And then as I started to get better and better, that Mega Man X was the last one that um, I went from, I just like running around shooting everything to uh, I beat the game in one sitting. And my mom was watching, I was like, dang, he's really in the, he really likes these video games. So I got a N64 and a Game Boy Color Ooh. Um, and she, it's funny because when I really got into the Pokemon show, so she had to give me the games and that's actually how I got into RPGs. Was Pokemon? Okay. Was yep. it yellow? Was it yellow or was it red or blue? Which one got you? Um, I had, so I had red and yellow. Okay. Um, Red, I didn't even get to finish before I got yellow, and I loved that game. Played through that game multiple times easily. Um, on 64, I had Donkey Kong 64, Mario 64, and Smash Brothers. Ooh, that's my game too. Smash Brothers, that got into a whole another realm for me because I was like, okay. I, kind of, I like fight games too. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get in these RPGs and these adventure platformers. I like fighting games too. So I was starting to build more like kind of a diverse feel for 
um, different genres and I was starting to just absorb everything. And it was great for me because in everything I did, I had that one cousin, I had that one friend, I had that one somebody in my life that was better than me. So I would always have to get better and get better and get better. Um, then we hit PlayStation 1. As soon as we got the PlayStation 1, I was like on the fence about it. I'm like, I'll stick to my Nintendo because my dad, he had Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil and Cypher, Siphon Filter, I think it was, that scared me. Um, but then he also had Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy Tactics, and Metal Gear Solid. So I'd sit there and sneak down the stairs and like, oh, is he playing the zombie one? No, okay, I can watch this one and go down there and sit and watch. And then it got to the point where I'm like, okay, I got to play this one myself. And I played, oh, which one first? Metal Gear Solid, I think I played first. And it took me so long to like start to figure out like, all right, I'm not running around just shooting everything. I'm actually being stealthy. Okay, what's the whole thing with Psycho Man is how do I beat this guy? I don't understand. I can't even. And that got me to think about games a lot, a little differently. And then I played Tactics before I played Final Fantasy VII. And that threw me for a whole different loop because I was playing Tactics and I fell in love with that game. The story, I was getting a little older, so I was able to understand um, at least the basics of the story. Um, get the battle system, the job system. I was like starting to actually get this stuff down. I'm like, okay, now this is different from Pokemon. I, I, <laughs> I'm getting strategy <laughs> going on now. And then I played seven and I wish I could appreciate seven then as much as I do now. Cause I was really into that game. I love that game. Um, but it wasn't like my initial first playthrough since I was younger, it didn't click in my head as much as my second and third playthrough and then recent playthroughs now. Now that I can fully understand the story, I'm like, well, shoot, I slept on a masterpiece kind of a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but I was younger. I got parts of, I understood parts, but I didn't understand others. And that's something I had to grow into. But being able to get through these games and play them so early in my life, um, I got to really appreciate good games earlier than a lot of people that would just be fine with playing like, just the Disney licensed games, just the Nickelodeon licensed games and be cool. Cause I had a lot of family members that was like, oh yeah, games was cool when I was young. How, I don't understand how you lasted so long playing them. And then they see what they look like now. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I would still play that as an adult. Like, and that <laughs> was just, um, not everybody could understand. So like um, coming up from PlayStation, I stuck with it ever since. I've had 
at least one console in every generation since. So, and like now, now that I'm like, oh, uh, grown, grown, I'm like, all right, what can I do to get every console of the generation? I mean, I kind of refined my taste a little bit. I'm not jumping out. Like I could, didn't, I'm not going to go bankrupt over a PS5 or uh, uh Series what? X. Yeah. But, uh, I still, I'll keep the sentiment. I'm gonna keep watching the prices and keep watching the stock, but um, I'm gonna stick with my PC for now. I'm cool with what I can do on my PC. And then I still have my Switch. And if something does come out, I still have my PS4 and my Xbox One. So I'm not completely out. I feel um, you on that. But this, it's been, um, what I've been into for literally ever. Um, so much so that um, it's what I go to school for. Like, it's everything. It's like probably about 60% of the aspects of my life have to do with gaming. <laughs> um, I'm going to school for game design now on top of trying to make some success out of content creation, um, I want to get in the gaming industry from one avenue or another. Um, and it's kind of crazy because the game that inspired me um, to pursue it so hard was Final Fantasy Tactics. That's crazy. Well, I like, all games, yeah, like Final Fantasy yep. Tactics. Because I'm going to say this, all right, Final Fantasy Tactics, what did I have it on? It came out, was it on a PlayStation? Was it on PSP? Yep. I swear it was on PSP. I skipped it on the original PlayStation because at that time it was so many different games going on. Like yeah. Resident, like you like you said about your dad, Resident Evil um, kind of took me for twisting. And one weird thing, and I like to let people know this is Resident Evil 2. It is one of my, one of my fan favorite games because you can play it on pretty much any system. But when I had it on the Nintendo 64, <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's 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 a, it ain't a rarity, but it's rarity now to find. Yeah, now Resident yeah. Evil Resident Evil Two on 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 the on the I was about to say Nintendo Switch Nintendo sixty four did me in. But one thing I will say, Final Fantasy Tactics with the class system or job system and all that stuff, that game was structured to a degree because I remember it was one of the highly sought after games before you could get it re- readily, you know. And I'll just say this, and you can probably uh, give me some shame on this. When Final Fantasy came out mobile, Final Fantasy VII came out mobile-wise. I played mm-hmm. it. I played it on my iPad. Uh, I and, and, and I and this is crazy. You said something about Mega Man X. Mega Man X. I still have my iPhone today. I speed run through that game because that was the hardest game on Super Nintendo. And like you said, now nowadays with video games, it's kind of like I ended up with systems because like um, a rival store from where I work at called Meyer. They have PlayStations, and I get a little advance on when they get there. So I got to play, you know, I, the five was easy to find. It's just you got to be in Toledo or, or Dayton. You're not going to find it on your end of Ohio. Yep. Just just being truthful, because for some yep. reason, somebody out Charles Way has got them on lockdown. But like you said, it's not necessary to have those systems right now, because the only thing that I think that's happening to uh, video gaming-wise is that the computers and then the rise of cloud gaming. Cloud mm-hmm. gaming, being able to stream it with a higher... Um, Having great internet, you can you can almost get the best graphics on any any gaming laptop or console experience if you want to get you a Steel Series controller and you're good to go. 
Yeah. Um, so I think that's the divide now between consoles and PC because PC still has its keyboard and mouse deal. I'll always give you that. But to some degrees, like the systems, do I really want to buy this? Because it's going to be right out streaming on a streaming service from these same people, Xbox or PlayStation, yeah. in, in six months. So it is a hard draw, you know, if you do buy these things. So moving forward with things. So you're the technical guy for your show. What is it like having that kind of pressure on you? This is a behind-the-scenes question now because here's the thing, and I'm going to make it hard for you real fast. You're responsible for the show. If you don't get the show running, no offense to any guy in your camp, but they can't get that show running. Some some people in your group don't even know what an iPhone looks like. <laughs> so, and that's not harsh on them, but I do mess with do off about that. But, yeah, so what is it like? What is that pressure like to be able to – after you record the show, have that show ready to come out as a podcast. So it's, that's one of those, um, it's rough, but fulfilling. Um, I feel like I do everything I can not to miss a show. Like I, I, I've shown up sick. <laughs> like, I. I've so shown up sick and like, I felt like I had to be there. Like it's not COVID. Okay. I'm going <laughs> like that. Um, but it's, it sucks from so many different angles. Cause I know it's something that's going to be, I like, I know exactly how it's going to be alleviated. It's going to be alleviated later, but to get there, it sucks. But it's just rough um, to know that if anything, anything goes down with me, that's the whole show. Like anybody else could take off and cool. All right. <laughs> we'll either fill them in or not. It, it's cool. But I can't take a day off or there is no show though for that week. And I'm like, uh, it sucks, but it's fulfilling something that I want to do. It keeps me accountable for doing it because um i have some problems with when the stress gets this far over the limit (laughs) then stuff starts to fall to the wayside so knowing that there's no show for a whole week if i don't show up gets me to show up (laughs) (laughs) now let me ask you this have y'all do y'all now have like some kind of fail safe or something to work out um, because you guys do your show every week. Um, do you guys have anything like stockpiled or anything extra in the background? Because I'll tell you this, like they call me the Tupac or the whatever of podcasting because my show is done all the way up until 2023. Like outside of these episodes, like the bread and butter Thursday show, like mm-hmm. I just get, I get in a tangent and like, I'll take uh, 30 days and record 60 shows. Okay. Just because I've made sure whatever I'm recording is not time relevant. Like we're not going to talk about what we're talking about with, xbox and stuff like that now uh yeah this show will come obviously earlier than that but right. um i stockpile episodes for the simple fact like i'm like sometimes man i need a break so like right now while we're doing this podcast i'm actually on a break and it's just easy this was fun because we didn't plan it we talked about it one day you were good last night but i was in the gym so i was like nah we can't do that i'm in the gym trying to get buff yep. again uh, get right, yep. yeah trying to get out here i'm only trying to get buff for this uh smash brothers tournament in columbus call cost I'll talk to you about it later. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a Smash Brothers player. If you are a decent player, we'll have to we'll definitely link up on that. 
See, that's the thing. I, that's what I was saying. There's always somebody that's in my life that's better than me, and they make me better. So we're gonna have to play. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And uh, with that, that whole community is crazy. So, like, how do you find time to to manage all this with the podcast? Because I, I'll be honest with you, I've run three different fashions: the video game portion, which we're going to be launching on March fifteenth; the cinema portion, where we do those mini projectors, which sometimes I turn that into a video game experience. Um, and then the actual podcast. Like, how do y'all, how do you, you handle all that that you're doing? And then, you know, eventually this is going to spin off into another podcast. You're going to push this video game further. And you're going to have to put out a show detailing your struggles with why you don't like Zelda or whatever um, Japanese RPG you don't like, you know? So the balance, which right now it's kind of um, creating that balance, but um it all comes in it all comes in with scheduling um i know like as long as i'm working uh nine to five um i know fridays i got four too many so that day is on lock i have right now personal things on tuesdays and uh tuesdays and thursdays so that takes me out of those days but like there are times when I can work around them and times when I can't. And I know as soon as the days when I can work around it come up, all right, what am I doing? Am I streaming? Am I doing a late mini stream? Am I recording for a video? Am I gonna do one of my podcasts? And then my Monday and Wednesday, those are my free days. Those are the days that I'll always tell everybody that I'm free. And um, Mondays, Usually those will turn into stream days. That's time to stream. Wednesday, it's time to record. I got to do one of my, I, I do um, my actual podcast myself. I'm going to do uh, every other week. So one will come out on one week. The next one, the other one will come out on the following week. Um, I kind of keep my main one condensed to an hour and I keep the other one, um, the other one that I'm starting condensed to about a half hour. So I'm not burning myself out on any podcast, but um, I'm like, shoot, getting a start with three projects going, like three big projects and still doing streams and still doing YouTube videos. Um, it's all scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, that time management comes in clutch when you're actually trying to get stuff done and then still have a life on top of that. Cause like, I'm like, shoot, if I don't like schedule something, figure something out, I'm doing this on this day at this time, then I'll go weeks and not touch it and be like, well, it'll come up eventually. But <laughs> as soon as I have that scheduled, boom, I can get it done. And, oh, I still have time to play this off stream or I still have time to watch this show or uh, there's still a couple hours where I could go hang out with so-and-so. Like, I can still fit stuff in when it's scheduled. When it's not, I'm in shambles. Okay. And see, I used to be like that with the schedule, but now I guess since I'm like the Kanye West of podcast and I just pop up and we do these things and just rolled out from there. So let us know about these other podcasts that you got going on. Let, let, let us know about what else is going on with you. Because the thing is, is that each one of you all, you all are like new edition. One of y'all is going to turn into the Bobby Brown at your group. And I hate that because, <laughs> because when one of y'all turns into Bobby Brown, y'all might not break up, but 
everybody has their own ventures coming out. And where I'm the inside guy, I mean, you might know about the ventures, but I want to know about the ventures before anybody else, even before you think right. about it. So um, I've already heard of the dimensions of what doo-wop's doing. So let's go into detail about what your solo efforts are. And are do you think, first off, before you tell me anything, do you think you're going to be the Bobby Brown of this group? Or do you hope that you're going to be one of the other members of New Edition that had some success, but they always knew they had to come back to New Edition? So, let's <laughs> <laughs> see, part one. Uh, my, okay, so my two podcasts, I'm kind of trying to tie it into what my YouTube channel is about. So, my main show, the Project Series podcast, um, that's more of a variety, gaming, entertainment, uh, tech, show and um i kind of try to structure it in, uh like kind of a three tier i hit three different points that gives me 20 minutes to talk about each one and then boom we're out it gives me some flexibility to where if i want to do something special i always have my little three tier structure to fall back on if that falls through okay um My other project, my smaller project, um, is pretty much my dev diary. Um, me going through school, trying to learn, um, actually get, learn game design. Um, it's kind of going to be my way to get that informational, yet still chill, um, style content out there um i'm actually starting like i'm gonna be putting out my first episode of that one soon um and it's kind of following what i went went through in my first core class um because it's really basics like what is a game designer what's a good game what um the struct like what helps a designer learn the structure of a game and like some real basic like introduction to type thing so i kind of want to explore some of the stuff that i picked up in that class and actually just for that being my first core class i might be able to publish a, my own game a card game out of it okay. so um that whole series is going to be kind of um, my journey from being a gamer to a game designer and um, that in tandem with my little gaming variety show is going to give you got the funny is here and you might get some laughs but you're going to learn something here and I kind of get to switch that switch that off um, hopefully twice in a month depending on how many days in that month okay okay now definitely um audience after this podcast like every guest that's on my show des is writing the show notes for this anyway so he will put links to everything that you can get a hold of uh him and his podcast and i will actually have to pick up your podcast and listen to that i have to tell you that i was not aware of the second one i had heard y'all talking about another podcast but three podcasts so once again inside your group i'm giving you inside intel right now you guys are branching off and you got all kinds of stuff going on between uh the groups uh yeah so that's going to be crazy. Hopefully that you guys 
keep it together. I don't want y'all to break up over nothing stupid, but just uh, stay tight with it because I've seen too, way too many podcasts. Uh, what happens, and, and, I, and I get to see far too many podcasts this happens to, is they, they get out here and your creative juice gets jumping, and then the main show becomes what you jump off of, and you get your own show and your other show starts doing better. Because when it's your own baby, like this is my baby to a degree, you know, you, you start doing things different. And, you know, when it's four of you, that's four opinions. One of y'all on the technical side, one on you, on the comedic relief, two of you doing whatever. I'm not going to give those positions. But so just stay tight with that now. Um, inside the show. Oh, um, well, you just reminded me of well, the part two, the other question you asked. Oh, right, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so out of the group, especially with what you just said i actually hope i don't think i'll be the bobby brown but i hope that i am <laughs> the only reason that i hope that i am is because i and i guess because i know the reference <laughs> that i already know as soon as i see it i'm like no hold on ego calm down <laughs> go back that's your home you come here to have fun. That's your home. Go back to Port Too Many. Like, <laughs> I keep it together that way. I, I'm like, nope, I see the signs already. Bring it back. <laughs> okay, because, you know, like Bobby Brown did leave New Edition, and he had one of the most stellar careers. If you look at his accolades, you know, his yeah. personal life is something different. But accolade-wise, yeah. <laughs> releasing, releasing that many albums, and they were all platinum successes, and then he stopped. He realized that he was at a point he wasn't going to do nothing else great, so he just left it there. So he's a quick success and then uh, longevity. We never worry about that with Bobby Brown, but when it comes, yep. it comes. So um, on this show, I pay homage to 2020. It's a news magazine that used to come on ABC. It still comes on sometimes. You can catch it on Hulu, guys, and I'm not getting sponsored by them, so I just threw in that Hulu ad, so Hulu will think about sponsoring me. Um, Diane Sawyer was on there, John Stossel, then you have Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters is considered probably one of the best uh, – journalists in the world um inside podcasting i'm a journalist uh i do believe in let's let's have fun let's uh do this and that but the heart of things questions uh things that make you more personable to people those are the questions you get from me so it's time des for your 2020 questions are you ready all right yeah okay you get out here in the world you produce these shows you hear the quality you see the stats you see the numbers and this is a question that I ask everyone. This is the hardest question to answer. And I ask it cleverly on everything I do. I even I repeat it. Like anytime that I've been on y'all's lives, I will ask your crew the same question, but I'll just reword it. Mm-hmm. In podcasting, we have highs and lows, but we have one thing that hurts all of us, and that's a disappointment. So inside podcasting, I'm just going to give you the bare bone question to start it off. What has been your biggest disappointment in podcasting? And I'll give you mine real quick. And it's the same one over and over. My biggest disappointment was this. It's podcast reciprocity. I have an episode coming out about this. You guys show love to my podcast. You uh, share it whenever something comes out, blah, blah, blah. Y'all do that. So um, even before you did that, I will showcase your episode on my story because that's where my creepers go and where everybody else that can't put a like on my page because we have internal beef or something like that. They go over there. I know way more people look at my story than probably the likes I get. Just because you can search somebody even if you don't like them no more and keep up with them. Yeah. With that being said, we all have a mutualistic deal. Sometimes you guys post some things. Uh, I like that y'all had a message that y'all were generating. I didn't know y'all were doing that manually. I thought y'all had it automated. 
send to each person that's on your Instagram list. Mm. Your shows were coming out. So I really dig that. Um, a few podcasters didn't like it. And y'all went rounds with them and just put them to the side, put them back in your memory museum and got rid of them. But what my problem comes in is that sometimes we have these people, these podcasters that come along and, and I'm saying podcasters, I'm not saying fans, I'm saying directly podcasters. They want you to hype their stuff up. They want to be center of attention on what you're doing. They want to get on the live show. They want to do this and that. But they don't even want to promote it. And that is my biggest disappointment in podcasting. Cause like when I do these shows, I'm probably the biggest marketing or, 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 or podcaster when it comes to, if your show does good, I'm going to promote the hell out of it. When it starts out, I'm going to give you six weeks of promotion. Like this episode will get six weeks. You'll send me a picture. I'm going to cut it out, put it on Canva or the virtual assistant, whoever's going to do it. One, somebody's going to make an ad. Your ad is going to be entrenched in people's minds for six months. That's how much dedication I have into you and to you being on my show, no matter who the guest is. If it does even better than that, it comes back as a classic. I might represent that shit for two years, just depending on the nature of the conversation. But for some reason in podcasting, these people like just think that you're supposed to put them on your showcase, which is y'all showcases. You got your Friday night show. Y'all do that yourselves. But Tuesday, y'all kind of do what I call my podcast collide episode. Y'all bring a podcast on or some individuals and y'all shine light on them. And I don't know if the people promote it, but whenever y'all advertise me or have me on, I'm going to promote that shit through the roof. And I'm going to watch how y'all promote it to see if I need to keep the same energy or do I need to put it in hyperdrive. If you guys are putting it in medium drive, well, we're going to do medium drive because it's reciprocity. I'm not going to go overstep my bounds, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes there's issues. People will post something, and I'm guilty of this. People will post something, and I'll look at it, and I'll just go past it. If it's not an, if it's not advertising for your show, if you just put a meme up or you're celebrating something, and you might ask, uh, who has a conspiracy theory? I'm guilty of that, which y'all got. Y'all asked that, and I went past it. I was busy doing something. And then one of you guys asked me what my conspiracy theory was. So I came back to it and I answered it. That could be misconstrued as me not, you know, showing love back. But it was just one of the times I was scrolling. So in those instances, I can see where someone would get a tip. But where we go back and forth so much with sharing stuff, I never see an issue. It's just those people that I don't I don't ever care for someone to share my stuff. But if I'm sharing your stuff, man, and I don't care about Instagram likes because they don't make no money or do nothing for me. But show me some type of appreciation later on, even if it's just unannounced that I don't ever see. Like something there. It's just some people like I had to learn in this business that I cannot promote or help because once I help them, they get the game twisted. And when I don't help them, they come at me. So what is your biggest disappointment in podcasting? So I feel I feel what you got. Like um it's it's funny because um that same issue that's in every facet of entertainment, especially like alternative media, I'll say. Because um, YouTube, Twitch, no matter where you, they all have those same kind of problems. And it's funny that um, I feel like with a lot of my major disappointments, like a lot of the disappointments people have, it's along like along a lot of the same lines there's a few different things that people usually come up with that's pretty normal for podcasting um mine personally 
it would have been that, but I was so ready for that for the YouTube world that it kind of went, um, it passed me by. Like the follow for follow thing, the sub for sub thing, all that everybody does. It, and you'll get people that they'll do it, but they don't care. They're not going to watch your content. They're not going to um, like and comment and this, that, and the third. So I was already ready for that. So that didn't even disappoint me coming in the gate because I was ready for it. Um, my biggest disappointment is when your technology can't keep up with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I got my upgraded laptop, um, doing the show it just everything was going so good it was going fine it's cool then we kind of upgrade we move the studio um we get better mic we get cameras I'm like, okay so we're upgrading but i'm still on the same computer we're still doing shows it still sounds fine we're still going good all right now we want to start having guests on okay that's something I can figure out we can do. It's cool. It works a couple of times. I'm confident in it because it's worked a couple of times. We go to do it, everything just crashes. Okay, so now <laughs> I'm sitting here like, well, what can I do? I'm sitting here trying to fix it. I'm like, it went from um, my second job to my first job because the in my normal life, I'm an IT guy. So <laughs> this turned into a help ticket, like real quick. And I'm sitting here like, uh, are we not going to get the show out? What do I have to do to fix this? We go get that problem, at least alleviated for the moment, go through everything, think everything's fine, go do something again, more problems. And it's like, um, Every time it happens, it's just like, oh. now you've done this, you did this right yesterday. If I was, if in person I was dealing with, I can just tell you, I'm like, look, you did this right yesterday. So do again what you did yesterday. And they would go and do it. <laughs> Computers don't work that way. <laughs> so I feel like that's really my biggest thing. When, like, now that I've got the upgrade, We've still had a couple of technical difficulties, but nothing to the point like, oh, we are losing a whole show or something is completely botched now because X, Y, and Z happened. Okay. And I and I can go firmly with that when I was using Windows. And that leads into my next question because everyone knows that I am a Apple uh, guy. Like, I, no, no chops about it. Um, it's oranges and apples. But here's one thing, because you're a technical guy, so you see all forms and everything that goes with it. Everything that you're talking about was software-related, correct? And the internet and stuff like that. So it didn't matter the device. Um, well, not necessarily. Oh. Um, some of our issues were, like, at the root of it all, it was hardware, because didn't have enough power to do what I'm trying to do. But 
He fixed that. It happens. I was like, that was a, all right, we'll fix, we'll do this little fix for now. And then hopefully a couple weeks later, we'll have a new computer and we don't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> but um, when it is a software issue, like the recent issues have all been software issues. And that's growing pains of switching completely from Streamlab OBS to OBS Studio. But and we, other we've, than that, we've talked a great deal about that. So let's get to a real hard question. What keeps you guys from using Apple products? And, and let me put some filler in here real fast. Um, me and you both know that I have a strong issue with how I'm trying to do my Twitch. Twitch is something that runs way better. Uh, any OBS stuff runs way better on uh, a Windows-based product because Apple puts certain limitations on their software. But my argument is from a multimedia perspective, if me and the rest of you guys from 4-2 Mini were going to do a podcast and we weren't doing it live, we were just doing it, recording it, I hands down think Mac products are better because I can get you all on four Yetis on GarageBand, give you four empty tracks, bounce those tracks together, and make probably the purest sound you can find. And that's just that's just my true... That's that's because my doll. That's just, that's because my doll is uh, our digital audio workstation. It could either be Logic or it could be GarageBand. And I mean, if you got Pro Tools on Windows, yeah, you're equal. And if you got Audacity and you know what you're doing, you got me. But fine tuning. Not talking about video podcasting, but actually talking about the audio. Just if y'all were going to do this this uh, heartfelt radio show, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like a Mac is untouchable. Mm. What's your thoughts? What's your thought? Uh, so a lot of it kind of comes down to personal bias because I will admit um, the multimedia capabilities of a Mac, I do understand. That's why when you're in a design lab, it's all Macs. I, I do understand that. But <laughs> um, software-wise, I just... I've always run into problems and they're a lot harder to fix than what I come across in Windows. But a lot of that does come down to like, that's what I'm trained to do. That like, that's what I went to school for. So that's what I know how to do. And that's what I've always had. So that's what I've been able to learn with, but Every time I have an issue, like um, in the beginning, me just running Audacity, that sounded leagues above where I thought we were going to start. Listening to where other people started, um, just running Audacity with a snowball and a garage was still doing like, well, spinning circles around a lot of people because a lot of people are starting trying to do their podcast on a cell phone or a, a $20 Amazon mic. And there's a lot of things that you can fix in software that will make a Windows computer comparable to a Mac with your suite of products. Uh, I... For me to own something or for me to have something like when we upgrade to the next studio, um, putting something in there, I 
feel better knowing that I can make it as powerful as my money can afford it. And whenever I need to swap something out or upgrade something, I can do it that day, no questions asked. Boom. I don't have, I'm not, I don't have to buy specific or a specific computer or make a Hackintosh just to get what I can get out of what I can build <laughs> now. Okay. I got your argument on that one. And I can agree with you on that. And let's talk into to the aspect of engineering because you're the AV guy. So you're the sound guy for you guys. I will tell you this in my journey, the most, the greatest concoction I've come up with that I've seen, and this was just last week. And this isn't, you can use Surface or iPad, whatever. This guy hooked the interface up with XLR mics with an iPad. And he showed me with Microsoft Surface. Microsoft Surface, he had, I think it was Pro Tools. I forgot what he was using to, to record live. He wouldn't do a video. Video is a whole other aspect. Video, yeah. me with video podcasting, and I'll just say this real fast and you can give me your opinion on this. Video podcasting, you got to have something strong. OBS, OBS Studio or something along that lines. And we had something that we and your both discussing behind the scenes. I want to figure that out because I've seen a lot of people using it anyway. But just going on basic audio. So this guy set it up, the iPad, he had the, um, and this is all mind you running off the power of the, the iPad. This ain't even, this is not hooked up to any power source. Uh, audio interface, XLR mics, so he set up three mics, ran GarageBand, and he had the levels, and, and he was basically recording a podcast from an iPad. I was impressed. Did the Surface the same way. Um, he did use Audacity or something to that degree. Okay. Um, yeah. Hooked up the mics once again. Had to get the extra little double port for the, for uh, he's the, the USB mics, which they were Yetis. And I will tell everybody, I stand by the Yeti. Um, G Hub will get your sounding just as good because one thing that people lack when they're talking trash about Yetis, we do have audio interface built into our microphones. Just just want to put that out there. So yep. Your, so so your take on this? Uh, what do you think? Is is the craziest uh, concocted way y'all have done like an episode, like rigging something up with your computer? Um. So the craziest way. So I can go. I can just go through the stages. The first setup was my original the little Toshiba laptop, um, the Snowball on my little. Uh, it was one of those floor mic stands. Okay. Pushed so it was draped over the table and as close to the middle as it could possibly be. <laughs> and um, just running Audacity on the little Toshiba. That was not the Toshiba. Lenovo. That was the oh, Lenovo. Shit. Yeah, it was the Lenovo. Um, that's where I had the most issues, weaker computer. Uh, okay, Mike, that like for starting out, I will endorse the snowball. If you're on a budget, I will endorse the snowball. Um, upgraded the snowball to the Yeti. Yeti X. First, it was a Yeti. I just a Yeti, then you went to the Yeti. Yep, and then I went to the Yeti X recently before I started taking my stuff uh, my stuff more off the ground. Um, 
see the cameras we still it, it is funny because every time i look at the episode i'm like dang i forgot i always forget those were some cheap cameras on amazon <laughs> <laughs> so that does lead me to the craziest setup yep right after we moved we had um with a usb hub four mics four cameras on my Lenovo. <laughs> uh, the thing was burning slow, wasn't it? Was it, was it moving Oh, uh, it was, it sounded, that episode sounded bad. It didn't look great. <laughs> All the problems we could have, we would have them. And I didn't even think to try and like, um, bring that setup back because we have a more powerful computer because it's working the way it is. So I'm leaving it alone until we're ready to upgrade. But um the four mics which they were half decent mics I, I just think we couldn't get them tweaked the way we needed them we tried so many things we had cardboard dividers to make sure we got to keep our sound to ourselves like we were doing the most when we tried that and if we would if that would have worked initially like out of box the podcast would be crazy right now. <laughs> like it's already wild, but it would be crazy. Um, but condensing it down to the uh, going back to the Yeti and then upgrading to the Yeti X and then um, cutting down from the four cameras to two. It a lot. And it's not <laughs> so all over the place. It's not so crazy. It sounds good. It looks fine. I'm like, okay, this I can, I can stand behind. <laughs> I, right. I, 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 I can be a part of this. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> all right. So one thing I do need to get y'all guys to do for me one day is all y'all need to get in one place, right? And I need y'all to do a live, all for you. <laughs> just do it from a, just do it from a cell phone or a tablet or something. I, I want to see y'all do that one day. All right, so now let's get into the nitty gritty because we did a little technical question there. So you were kind of nice. You didn't bash Apple too bad. You were you were nice. No, because I, I, I understand it. Like before, like if you would have caught me when uh, shortly after, but actually after I got my first IT job, if you would have caught me right after I got my first IT job, no, never Apple, nothing. It's just the most complete garbage I'll never in my life. <laughs> now I just won't own the phones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm cool. I'm a little cool on Apple products because I understand the usefulness of them. I get like the one thing y'all have a lot less viruses out there than we do. Well, so, well, hold on, hold on. Let me, <laughs> let me say this. And I always say this in the defense of this nice. We don't have fragmentation because if you buy high end, Galaxy device, you're gonna have phones gonna be updated for a while. But if you buy that medium tier, the A22 3000 Samsung that's $280 at Walmart, your phone might not ever get updated. But that's the only gripe I've ever had with Apple. I mean, with Android, is that if, if I didn't buy, oh, it was a Galaxy Note guy, I still am. I got a Galaxy Note 8. It's far more powerful than this 13 Pro. It does more. I mean, it ain't got many cameras, but I still use it on the load. But anyway, we can't talk too much about that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that was my only thing there. And um, just Android as a whole, I love it for 
my projectors and all the, my other devices, but I just can't, Chromebook's not going to do anything for me. So that's the biggest shortcoming of the whole thing. And that's why I'm like, uh, that's not Android, that's Chrome OS. Like I have to disown <laughs> Chromebooks. <laughs> and um, mind you, my background, I don't usually talk about it. I work for a company up your way. Uh, I worked in uh, cloud solutions for a company called VM. Uh, okay. So I'm an Azure guy. So uh, computer info systems degree, degree, you know, so. Yeah, I, I remember. That's why I said that once I found out about you and someone told me a story about you, I was like, man, man this guy got a lot in common. I was like, if I ever go back up there and go work in uh, Polaris, I said, I might get this dude to come work with me. You know, so hey. that's, that's something behind the scenes we'll talk about because I would like to get yeah. in touch with some of those guys because that's a different speed out there. But anyway, so right. serious stuff here now. Um, this is the tough question. You're out here. Like always, see, you're always out here. Mm-hmm. People are doing these shows. And you're doing these shows, and this is the hard question. This is the this is the tough question. Mm-hmm. Okay, now me and you both are African American. We both uh, I don't know that much about your background, but you are in the suburbs. You're not in the hood. Well, you can call it the hood if you want, but where you are right now? Where okay, where I'm where where I'm at right now? I'm hood adjacent. Okay. Where I'm going to is the furthest thing <laughs> from it. So I get it. Yo. Yeah. So you say what I, what I consider me and you are from the sub suburban podcast part of podcasting. So the African-American persuasion inside of podcasting has never appealed to me. It's not my business. I make a show because I'm, I'm clear to people. I don't care about my skin tone or whatever I look like. I provide you for product. Um, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you. And it happened to me because, uh, in the business ventures I do, I'm a business inside of podcasting. So some people see me going to do stuff with black podcasting as me cashing in on them, uh, whatever the ones that are successful uh, and, and, and grabbing what I need from them and then throwing them back out there to, to swim in African-American podcasting, as they call it. Um, I am a further advocate in that I don't believe in African-American podcasting. I believe that everybody's in podcasting because there is no struggle in podcasting. If you produce a good show, your show has quality, your show will rise through the ranks. It will get where it needs to. You may not have the hype man or the motivation or the right people behind you at that time, but everybody's podcast can equally succeed as long as that shit's not dumpster juice. Yep. And it's not, and it's not the same rhetoric of, oh, this me, oh, this my, why do things have to be this way all the time? Because if it's like that, then put your podcast in another space and don't put it with other podcasts that promote society culture. Because your podcast is in the same veins as mine. Your society culture podcast, even though you have comedy and other things, but society and culture gives you the broadest range to produce as many shows as you want to. So as an African-American podcaster, what are your feelings? And I said, this is a hard question. What are your feelings on the term when I say I am a black podcast? What does that mean to you? And how do you feel about that? So <laughs> this. That's the toughest question. This is one. But I love this question. Um, It's all over because that same question applies to almost all alternative media. It applies to YouTube. It applies to Twitch. It applies to Facebook. It all the the all across the board. So (laughs) saying that, there's two meanings, and the funny thing is. When I hear it, I have to listen to understand which one it is. So 
because when someone says I'm a black podcaster or I um I have to hear what you're doing. So if I go take a listen and it's dumpster juice, <laughs> um, if there's no, if your whole personality, if the personality of your podcast is solely, I'm a black podcaster, like if that's the actual personality of your podcast and you give me no value, then I know you set it for Be, uh, being black in society points like um there's no way around like there's if you want to take your podcast and claim your worth based off of being black and i go and listen and there is no value to your podcast then i really want to tell you to hang up your mic and uh i'm gonna need you to go back to that nine to five but when I hear it and I go and there's a value to it, there's, they, it, the, their podcast has personality. They have charisma. It's not just, I'm here to be black and talk for an hour. Then I'm okay. Now you not only have pride in your podcast, but you have that pride in your race and your podcast, and they are both together and separate at the same time. It's not, oh, my podcast is good because I'm black, and um, it's not, um, if you don't like my show, it's because you're racist. <laughs> it's, no, I'm black, I have a good podcast, I, I'm one that doesn't need to be overshadowed by the sea of garbage. Okay, and I like that. I like that. Now I'm gonna be honest here with this, with this whole thing real fast. And this is what gets me. When I hear it, I hear segregation. I hear black podcasters segregate themselves from every other podcast. Oh, I am the black podcast. And when I hear that, I'm like, this is you fought so hard or your forefathers or whoever because not everybody's grandma was on the front for any of this civil rights stuff some of them was already have already been affirmated into society or whatever else but i hear segregation for the simple fact that every podcast is a podcast we genre podcast by what they are com comedic subculture society culture blah 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 blah, true crime which those are the greatest podcasts but i, I do a few episodes of that sometimes but anyway um my whole main thing is, is that you gotta like I always tell people if you associate with that, please put it in a nice detail because 100% my audience is everybody, but the core, my core major audience being from the West Virginia Ohio side of uh, podcasting is Ohio listens to my podcast and it is diverse. I've got listeners in each corner because I, I travel all over Ohio. Ohio is my actually my real home technically. Ohio is so diverse that my listenership could be anybody. Yeah. If I didn't know who they were, and then once I figured out who they were, I was like, I'm not putting this out there, you know, to mess up my vibe. Now, I'm glad we got that, that one out the way, because that is a serious conversation that always comes up between podcasters who are both black. We have to answer that question, because if we don't answer it, then people are going to uh, figure us to be 
like they said I wasn't. They, they said I was some type of cash cow. I was just coming in to, to use them, get what I wanted, and then leave society, which I may have, may have not, whatever. Teach his own. Now, to tie things together, because we've been in this podcast for quite some time, Des, I need you to give a shout-out to somebody special who's helped you build yourself up to who you are today or people who have helped you build yourself up today, because that's the, the one thing that we do here. And then after that, I need you to do the most sleaziest part of my show. The sleaziest part of my show is where you cut in and you do an ad for everything that you're doing. And I want to know where people can meet and greet you and all that other stuff. So first give me a shout out and then do your little sleazy cut in and let everybody know where they can meet and greet you and where they cannot meet and greet you also. Because sometimes you need to let people know that all access is not all good access. Okay. Um, so I gotta give a shout out. Gotta give a shout out. Gotta give a shout out. <laughs> and I, you know, that's one of those things we always feel like we gotta gotta say I gotta give a shout out to moms. <laughs> gotta give a shout out to my mom. Yeah, it's um a big personal story, and I will know that I made it as a content creator if I share that story on why if I ever get told to give a blank, uh, like a blanket shout out, it has to be my mom and my grandfather. Um, I also got to give a shout out to the boys of Four Too Many because without that show, I wouldn't be doing any show, let alone three. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have kept up with my YouTube. I still would have been I'll pop on, pop off, pop on, pop off. And I wouldn't take my Twitch seriously because that's been a roller coaster. Um, now that I'm getting back into it, I wish I would have never left. So um, gotta give a shout out to the boys at Four Too Many because they did a lot more for me than I think they know. Um, and where to catch me because <laughs> now now it's becoming a list so gotta check out for too many live on friday 8 p.m eastern um that's the variety show with me doo-wop socks jay remy uh through this little project that uh you've got going on you're gonna hear from all of them so um definitely gonna want to check us out you're going to check me out on my YouTube channel and my Twitch channel, um, my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Seriously Shadows. Um, my YouTube is the same name, Seriously Shadows. I'm glad my name was unique enough to that I was able to take it everywhere. It wasn't taken wherever I went. So um, if you catch me on Twitter, if you catch me on, uh, I don't go on Facebook. <laughs> if you catch yeah. me on Instagram, it's all under Seriously Shadows. Um, and that's abbreviated SRS, not the whole word. Um, you got to catch my show, the Project Series podcast. Name is subject to change, but that's probably going to stick for quite a while. Um, and Shadows Behind the Game, um, that one, first episode's coming soon. Those you can catch on um, Spotify, Buzzsprout wherever you listen to your podcast or all of them, all of my projects will be on YouTube. YouTube is my central hub for everything. Um, I was going to give another shout out. Yeah. Um, 
just gone. Gone. <laughs> I wish um, my current future co-host-ish um, my girl who co-hosts with me I uh, wish she was going back to streaming sometime soon but maybe I can convince her to go back because she was doing way better than me and that's who I would have been shouting out <laughs> okay all right so that, that stuff will work out there for itself now once again audience you all do know that I do get the guests to write the show notes for their show that's so cool and see when your show comes out so if you write good show notes and SEO builds up for you. That's what I, I'm in podcasting for because I look at the middle parts of management and the horrible places like Google Podcasts because nobody uses that. Everybody uses Spotify or something else. So. Yeah, no, all I ever see is Spotify, Pandora. Well, Apple, I guess I won't. Google, no, but Apple, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Google, Google don't care about their podcast and it's plain and generic. It just they, no bells and whistles, but it's good for SEO because anytime I search all stuff, um, for episode 51 because i'm technical something with episode 51 um just show notes we're not on point but that's life um he's like damn this dude is really technical he's like ah, i got to go back and find it because i'm a perfectionist um yep. but, <laughs> marty looks like Ugh. yeah but uh and i could just be joking so you never know with me because like i said i got draw since humor too um but it could be episode 51 but anyway um i want to thank you guys for coming now yeah, he's like he's like I'm gonna look now. Look at the <laughs> but you gotta do it. Listen, you gotta do it on Google uh, Podcast because you you'll see like how your your SEO goes for you guys, how it search through. That's how you build up uh, a better deal with your mailing list and stuff like that. Because you then you know who's going to be on the podcast. Because I'll tell you this trick before we get off here that I had to learn. There's some people that don't listen to my podcast at all. Guess what they do? They read the transcription. Huh? Really? Yeah. yeah. And I've got them transcription readers and they started off from Google podcasts, catching it there, going to the blog that I don't advertise at all to read about the episodes and they read them and then they'll, they give me a download. I don't know why they give me a download, but they, they'll download the episode, not even listen to it, read it, you know, cause if you get 10 seconds on an episode, you get to, you get to download or stream. So for the stream, at least so 10 seconds, they listen to and I know that this person being satisfied through that. So there's always different ways that people are huh. becoming part That's of your podcast. Like I said, one, me and you are going to have to have a long conversation uh, in the near future. Once again, Des, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia Commonplace. And this is me, JR. Um, Stacy is doing other things. She did an interview uh, with someone else. But this is my special showcase. showcase. I said showcase. Showcase with uh, 4 to be podcast. I'm going to have all members on. And then I'll bring you on as a group effort uh, live, though. Well, we can all get that worked out. We'll get in the studio and... I'll let you set up your studio and then I'll set up my studio beside it and we'll see which one works out better. Mac versus gotcha. Windows. That's the challenge. See who can do okay. it better. Um, but I'm going to do it with uh, five mics. Five hmm. mics. Five mics. Okay. And then I'm going to shut the game down. Okay. And we'll see how it rolls. Um, so once again, you can check me out at www.wvuncommonplace.com. Um, once again, over on Instagram, uh, get the bots jumping over at Tumblr if you like some of the shit over there. Um, we're on Twitter, but I don't do much on Twitter. Uh, Twitter's never been my thing, and it's never gotten any traction. Uh, definitely catch us on oh, Snapchat. On Twitter. Yeah, uh, definitely catch us on Snapchat for the After Dark stuff. And then once again, the greatest place that you can catch our behind the scenes, and as everybody's saying, LBTS, uh, all the behind the scenes stuff is on TikTok. So guys, definitely hit over to our TikTok. Look at the behind the scenes stuff. Um, when these Comic-Cons and different video game events come around Columbus, because it's not a lot 
from around Cleveland, but around Columbus, you will catch me. Hopefully, we can get Dez in the mix, and he might become a co-host on something we do video game-wise. So, once hey. again, this is JR signing off with... With Dez from 4 Too Many. <laughs>